Please go to Psalm uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. We're going to go through uh, quite a few scriptures here, but that's going to be the first one. So if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to go to Psalm chapter 1. Uh, there might be a Bible in front of you. If you don't have your Bible, we also have the scriptures on the screen. So Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Listen to this. This is good. This is good. This is going to be helpful to a lot of you. This is helpful to me too as I was preparing. Psalm 1, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. The next verse is 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says this. It says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And then Proverbs 12.26 says this. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, the fourth verse we're going to go here, and before we go into the message, is Ecclesiastes 4, um, 5, and 10. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So if you remember, we're on a series called I Give Up, and we're talking about, about things that God is calling us to do through the scriptures that we need to let go of in our lives. And the premise of this message, of this whole series actually, is this. I grew up, and maybe you grew up too, believing that being a Christian was defined by a certain group of people that you identified with. Or maybe you grew up believing, like me, that a Christian was defined as a certain belief that you subscribe to. Or maybe you thought that being a Christian was just a, a set of activities that you would participate in. Or maybe you grew up believing that being a Christian was defined by a physical location that you would share maybe once or twice a week. But that is not what being a Christian means. We're all, we are called to something much, much deeper than that. We are called to work on ourselves. Now, we've said it before, salvation comes from Jesus. That is a gift. It's a free gift from God to us. But our calling as Christians is to become formed into the image of Christ. Galatians 4.19 is a beautiful verse that the Apostle Paul talks, and he gives us a little image here. It says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until, listen to this, Christ is formed in you. I think it was Michael, Michelangelo who, talked, who said this, this phrase. He says this, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And so it's this whole idea of, of you know, I, I'm picturing him. He's looking at this, this piece of marble, and he's got this image in his mind. He starts just carving out until what he sees in his mind's eye is actually reality. And so what we have as Christians, we have, we have the Scriptures, and we have the image of Christ in the Bible as we look at the Scriptures, as we interact with one another, as we pray for each other, as we challenge each other. And the goal is that, that step by step by step, we can start carving out the things of our lives that aren't like Christ until Christ is formed in you and in me. That's the goal. 
And what does this mean exactly for us, for us as Christians? We talked about this a few weeks ago. If I were to define for you what it means to be a disciple of Christ, it would be one word. And that word is the word death. It's the word death. And the reason why that's important is because there are things in our lives that we are called to put to death. That's what we are called to do as Christians. And so we've been talking about this for, for the past few weeks. And we started the first week talking about envy. Remember, we talked about envy. And then the next week, we talked about fear. That was, that was last week. And today, today we're going to talk, talk about relationships. And relationships is a, is a really hard one. Because I'm going to talk to you about certain relationships that I believe some of you need to walk away from. That there, there are relationships in your life that are, that, are, that are leading you to sin. So we're going to talk a little bit about this, but I'm going, to, I'm going to set it up like this. If you've been here for a, few, a couple of years now, I started at this church for about four years ago now, and you'll know that every uh, January, January we do a 21-day fast. So if you're, if you're new to us, that's what we do in January. So January 1st through the 21st, we do a 21-day fast. And now, that's not, it's not that we don't eat for 21 days. But what we do is we, we you, got, you are a little scared, like, like, what? But we don't, it's not that we don't eat for 21 days. We do a, like a cleanse. So we eat very clean for 21 days, and we dedicate that time to prayer, fasting, connecting with the Lord. And we're basically uh, detoxing our lives out of the things that aren't good for us, like sugar and fatty foods and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the reason why I bring that up is because the same is true uh, in our relationships. Now, this may sound really, really harsh, but I just want to be clear what the message is about today. Some of you need to detox the people in your life that are leading you to sin. What I mean by this is there's some relationships you need to walk away from because they're toxic and they're not helping you. I heard someone say once that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And um, in Spanish, we say, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres, right? And so um, if I've never met you and I meet the five people that are the closest to you, I'm going to get a pretty good idea of, of who you are. I'm going to get a good idea of your values, your sense of humor, your political views, your, your morality, because the people around you, they influence you. It, there's just no way, there's no way around it. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I heard a comedian once say, I don't remember who it was, and I apologize if it's a comedian that's not very clean. I might have just heard something that he said, but I thought it was really funny. He says this, when you're dating someone, like you're going on a first date, you're not going. You're sending your representative. That's not actually you you're sending, right? You're the, five, the first five dates, you're actually faking it. You're sending another guy. That's not you. And so I want to propose a new way of dating, right? If you're going to date someone, you know, it's like, I don't know if I should date this person. I'm kind of thinking about it. Get to know the five people that are closest to this person. Talk to them for an hour each. You'll get a good idea of who this person is. Then you can decide if you actually want to go out on, on a date, the reason why I share that is because we are influenced by the people around us. There's just no way around it. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, it says this. It says, it says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So it works both ways. Either you're going to be benefited by the relationships that you're a part of, or these relationships are going to go in detriment to your Christian walk. 
Your five people will make you better or they'll make you, they'll make you worse. So we all remember people in our lives that have impacted us. Like I, I had a teacher once that he talked to me about, you know, my, my uh, skills in art. And he said something in Spanish that I don't know how to translate it. But in Spanish, he said, because I grew up in Chile as a missionary, um, this teacher said to my mom, he said, su hijo es torpe de mano. And so in English, that's like your, your son has like dumb hands. He says stupid hands because he can't do any art. And so that... I don't really care about that that much, but it kind of impacted me and kind of just labeled me like you could, never, you could never draw, like you'll never be able to draw, you know? So that was a negative impact that a teacher had on me. But also, many of you have had, as I have had, people who have spoken life into you and have spoken into your life things about you that were positive that you didn't even know that you had. In fact, I have someone in my life, his name's Rob Denton, he's a, a pastor, that he spoke into my life Things that I never thought that I could ever do. In fact, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Because he saw in me something that I didn't see, which was very, very positive for me. And that's true for you as well. See, people influence you. The problem is that relationships can also be toxic. And that's what I want to address today. I want to talk about that. Ever been in a toxic relationship? Are you in one now? Better yet, have you ever witnessed someone in a toxic relationship? Like, you look at them and you're like, I don't even want, like, they're together? Like, why are they even together? Like, they don't go together. The problem is that many times, whether it's a friendship or it's a dating relationship, when you're in the relationship, you don't notice it until you're out of the relationship and you're like, man, I, can, I don't even understand why I was in that relationship, right? That's the problem, you know? And so that's why I want to see if, if, if we can help each other out today. Because maybe you're in a relationship right now, today, in this moment, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a dating relationship or it's a group of friends, that, that you don't realize how negatively they're influencing your life. And so hopefully I can help you. We can help each other see that because it's almost impossible to notice when you're in it. Um, many of you may be in relationships now that need to end. And so here's what I, the question I want to see if you can ask yourself this morning. Um, are there things in your life that you would like to change? Are there things, in, things about yourself that you're like, I don't think that this really aligns with what God wants for me. Are there things in your life like that? Are you, are you too sad? You don't like to be sad. Maybe you're irritable. Maybe you feel discouraged, frustrated. You have lack of purpose. You feel a little bit lost. Is anyone feeling like that? You would like to be in a better place. Like you would like to be more happy. You would like to be more encouraged, more, more positive, have more of a sense of purpose, a sense of direction. Is that possible? So the question I want to ask you now is the people that you hang out with, the people that are in your circle of friends, the five people that you spend the most time with, how are they? Are they sad? Are they irritable? Are they discouraged? Do they not have a sense of of purpose, or on the flip side, are they happy people who encourage you, who are motivated, who are full of purpose? Who are you hanging out with? Who are the five people that you spend the most time with? Who's in your life? 1 Corinthians um, 15.33 says this. It says, do not, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And I'm telling you, it is very hard to stay discouraged and frustrated and anxious if you spend your time with people who are just the opposite, who are encouraged, who are positive, who are hopeful, full of faith, etc., etc., etc. You see, you and I, you and I, we have a God-given purpose. We have a God-given, we have a purpose that God has 
something that he wants to accomplish in this world that is moving forward the kingdom of heaven. He wants to do this through you, through each one of you here today. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do or for us to walk in. That's all of us here as, as Christians. We all have a purpose, something that we were created to do, something that God prepared for us to walk in. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. The problem is that everyone else also has a plan for your life. They all want you to walk a certain way. They don't want you to walk in your purpose because the moment you start walking in your purpose, the moment you start making progress in your life, the moment you start walking into uh, decisions that are not as popular, they're going to take their distance. They're going to be like, does he think that he's better than me? Think about the relationships that you're, that you're in. This is what discipleship is all about. It's not about doing what others expect of you, but it's about doing what God created you to do. That's what discipleship is about. It's about change. There's change that's going to happen in your, in your life, and, and maybe people around you don't like it when you changed. Have you ever noticed this? Do you know why people don't like it when you change? The people around you, they don't like it when you change. Why? Because, because you are killing that person that they love. That person that they love you're putting that person to death, and they don't like it because it exposes their own weaknesses and the things about themselves that they know that they need to change. We had some people at our house of about a, a week ago, and um, I was talking to them, and they were saying something to the effect of we've, we've changed a bunch of stuff in our lives because now we're, we're followers of Jesus, and the people that we hang out with, you know, they like to, they like to drink, and we're like, well, I'll have like a I'll have a beer with lunch, you know what I'm saying? But like, then they want to just keep going and keep partying. And we're like, no, no, we're, we're good. Like, we're done. And all of a sudden, to step back and it's like, well, so you think that now you're like, what's, what's, so there's this discomfort because you begin to expose things in them that they don't like about themselves. And they'll try to blame you, make you feel guilty about that. It's exposing their weaknesses. They can get very defensive. Some people would rather you stay the same because they feel justified as well in staying the same. This is the path that we're called to, to walk in. And this is what begins to happen when Christ is being formed in you. You begin to transform yourself into a better version of yourself. And people will get uncomfortable. It'll make some people uncomfortable. When you start to change, when you start walking in your purpose, when you start to, to become the person who no longer has these old habits, you become more disciplined, you stop drinking as much, you say, hey, I'm not going to go to that place anymore, I'm not going to participate in that, it exposes their faults, their lacks, their laziness, their lack of sense of, of direction. That can be a really positive thing if this, this discomfort makes people encouraged to walk the way of Christ, but it also can be discouraging because they don't want to change, and that's the moment when you have to make some hard, some hard decisions. Some people would be dissatisfied with themselves, and they want to bring you down to their level because you, you become a threat. You begin to change, and you will make some people around you feel uncomfortable. And, and don't, I don't think that anyone here should assume that when you start changing, when you start making these changes in your life, you should not assume that you will continue necessarily to continue to fit in with the people that you used to hang out with. I love the imagery in, in Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. 
It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, there's a, there's a race that's marked out for us. There's this, this path that we are called to, to walk in and there will be people around you that don't want you to move forward. They want, you to, they want to slow you down. And I know this is strong language. It says throw off. I'm like, Pastor, these are people. You can't just throw people off. But the reality is, is this, is that the author is talking about sin, but the principle is the same. It's anything that entangles. And I can't think of anything that will slow you down and get you off course more than people who want you to keep sinning with them. Which brings me to my, one of my favorite Bible moments, which is the, the story of, uh, of the prophet Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, an Israelite who worked for the king of Persia, and he was, he was sent by God to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And so he goes, and he's doing, he's doing this work. And there are people around him that were trying to discourage him. He's like, they're like, Nehemiah, you shouldn't do this. This is not, you know, we have a different path prepared for you. They, they got negative with him. They were getting him off of his plan. He had a project. He had a calling like you do, like I do, this, this calling to do this, right? And I love Nehemiah's answer, Nehemiah 6.3. It says this. He says this. There's a, I love, there's a verse that's so good. It said that they had, they, had one, they had a sword in one hand, and with the other hand, they had a hammer. So they were building, and they were fighting off their enemies. Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> like you're trying to move forward, but then there are people trying to bring you, trying to bring you down. And he says this in Nehemiah uh, 6.3. He says, he says this. He says, this is his answer to the people who were trying to bring him down. He says this. He says, I am carrying on a great project, and I can't go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? You see, each of us, as I said before, was created to carry out a great work. I truly believe this. It's God's plan for your life. And I don't know what it is for you. And I, I, sometimes... People assume that it's like a churchy thing, like something like, like a pastor or worship leader or something like that, but, but not necessarily. It's something that God put in your heart specific to your gifts and talents that you can bring into the world to move forward the kingdom of God. I don't know what it is for you, a dream, future, business, family, goal, ministry, a nonprofit. I don't know what it is. But there are people in your life that are going to want to bring you down because they don't want that for you. Come and drink with us. Come gossip with us. Come, you know, participate in this with us. Let's go there. Let's waste our time. So my question to you this morning is this. Are you going to get off your path? Or are you going to tell them, like Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work. I can't go down. What's going to be your answer to that? Now, I know there might be a pushback here, and I, I, I get it. It's like, aren't we called to help people? We're Christians. We're, we, don't, we can't just throw people off of our lives, and that's a good question. Aren't we here to help, to help people? But the question I want you to grapple with this morning is, even though this may sound harsh, you can't, you and I, we can't help anyone unless we're actually healthy. You see, there's this classic example of the, the plane, right? So the, the oxygen masks, you know, like the, they, they'll tell you if, if the air pressure changes 
you got to put your, your oxygen mask on first, right? Because if, if you can't breathe, you can't help anyone. But it's kind of counterintuitive because you want to help the children, right? But if you don't have any air, you're not going to be able to be of any help. So my question to you today, when you think about your circle of, of influence, the people that you, that you hang out with, are you helping them or are they bringing you down? Honestly, what, what is going on here? Are they bringing you down or are you helping them? How many of the people in your life are just sucking the life out of you? Maybe it's all of them. Maybe in your life, like everyone in my life, it just seems like they're just sucking the life out of me. Well, it's very possible that you need to say goodbye to these people or take a long break from them. Or you may be stuck there indefinitely. So three things I want to say before we close here. Think, I, want you to, I want you guys to think about this. But three, three things I want to close with. Number one, this message is not permission for you to leave your spouse. Okay? Pastor said I need to leave you. That's not what I said. What God has brought together may no man separate. That's a, that's a content for another message, by the way. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the people that you're going to take a break from, don't tell them, hey, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. That's just weird. You don't do that. Okay? Just pray about this and make that decision. For some people, you're going to have to, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be, you know, phase, phase them out in a way, right? Unless it's an addiction or something, you're addicted to some sort of a substance, you just need to cut that relationship off. And don't expect them to understand, by the way. Sometimes you just need to do that. And number three, replace. Don't just eliminate. Like, oh, I'm just walking away, but now I got nothing. Okay? Replace. Replace. This is, this is what I want to close with because this is what the church is. This is why we're here. We're here for you. Okay? We're here to help you. We're a community of believers. This is the perfect space. Well, it's a good space. We're not perfect people, but, but we have growth groups. We have serve teams. We have this, this space. This is why the church exists, okay? Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And in this community, you will find great people. So the question is, who do you want to become? That's, that's I mean, I'm not making you do anything. You know, just ask yourself that question. Like, like, do I want to become like Christ? Do I want to become like Christ as a parent? Do I want to become like Christ as a husband? Do I want to become like Christ in how I, I manage my relationships as a Christian in my, in my future? And look, look for people around you in this congregation. Or not necessarily this one, but maybe there's other Christian people that you know even outside of this congregation. Look for the people who have those qualifications that you want to be like, that are Christ-like, and spend time with them. I have a mentor that I, that I it's funny because I have a mentor every year. I switch mentors once a year, but the mentors that I have, they don't know that they're my mentors, so I don't tell them, hey, can you mentor me? I just, know. I take them to lunch, I take them to coffee, and I just ask them a bunch of questions, and I try to figure out how they think. I highly suggest you, you doing that. Um, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So the question here this morning is, who are they? Who are they? Are they bringing you closer or further away from Jesus? You see, as I said before, God has a plan for your life, but everyone else does too. 
And one of the hardest things to do is to say goodbye. I don't know if I've shared my story, and I won't go into a lot of details, but, but my story was that. So my, my past was, was full of bad decisions, full of addictions, full of things that I did that were just very self-destructive in my life. And the biggest lie that I would tell myself is like, because the friends that I had, like I loved them. Like they weren't, like my assumption when I was a Christian is that everyone outside of the church was bad. But I walk out of the church and I go and do my own thing and I had really good friends. The problem with those friends is that the sins that I was, that I was committing was, were associated with the people that I was hanging out with. And one of the biggest lies that I would tell myself is like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with them. Like, I don't have to do what they're doing. We'll just hang out. They'll do their own thing. I'll do my thing. Good luck with that. It never worked. The hardest decision that I had to make was to walk away from the people that were bringing me down. If I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be, I promise you, I don't, well, God's gracious, so I don't, can't say that for sure, but, but I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now. I would be stuck. I would be stuck. So I, this is about 20 years ago. So I reconnected with one of these friends uh, a few months ago. Well, one of these friends that I, that I would hang out with uh, through Facebook. And I'm going to see him again. This is 20 years ago. I haven't seen him in 20 years. Last time I saw him was at my wedding. And I'm going to go see him in March. I'm going to go visit my parents in Chile in March, and we're going to hang out. And it's so, it's so interesting to me because I've changed so much that I think that now... I'm going to be able to help him. But back then, there was no way. There was no way. So I want you to think about this, and I want us to see if we can close our eyes here for a minute and uh, bow our heads, and I'm going to say a few things, and then we'll, and then we'll pray. So maybe you're here this morning, and you're, um, you're grappling with this tough decision. It's hard. The calling of a disciple is, a, is not an easy one. It's a, it's a calling to die to things in your life. Maybe you're here today and you have people in your life, faces that are coming into your mind, names. And you know what you have to do, but it seems hard. It seems really maybe even impossible. And so if, that, if that's you today with the eyes closed and, and uh, heads bowed, if you could just raise your hand and put it right back down real quick. I just want to know who. Okay, I'm going to pray for you, for you too. Okay, we'll pray. Amen. So Lord God, we pray. We pray this morning um, that you allow for us to understand that the price of discipleship is high. And that you have called us to, to do good works. That you have prepared a path for us to walk on. But that there are people in our lives that are bringing us down. And I pray, God, that you'll give us the discernment to be able to understand who these people are. And that we'll be able to understand whether or not it is us that's helping them or it's them that's bringing us down. I pray that you'll give, especially the people that, that lifted their hands, that you'll give them the strength to be able to do what they know they need to do. And that you'll allow for this to take place in their lives so that they can be formed into your image. So, God, we thank you for this, uh, this message this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.